you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of the Locked On Network, formerly of 24-7, formerly of Scout, formerly of many a Cleveland sports blog. Sorry about the lack of show on Tuesday. You did get one on Monday. Uh, so for many people, maybe you just listen to Monday show on Tuesday. Had some technical issues. Think everything's hammered out. They happen from time to time. So the upside, though, is we have two shows, to, two shows, two games to talk about. Uh, downside is both of them kind of stinkers. Without further ado, let's talk about them, starting with Monday's game. So we'd been really excited about Logan Allen. You know, here is a guy who was the number two piece, I really think, in the Trevor Bauer deal. You go back and you look. It was a year and a half of Bauer, and we saw what a year and a half of Clevenger, or two years and a half of Clevenger netted six pieces. Bauer netted you, what, four? Uh, you got uh, Puig, who was a pure rental to help them uh, in the postseason. That didn't happen. Fran Mill was definitely the centerpiece. And then you added the pieces with uh, Victor Nova, Scott Moss, and, of course, Logan Allen. Allen was a guy who entered the year as a top 100 prospect, one of the top 10 left-handed pitching prospects in baseball, very close to the majors. Fastball changeup combo that was going to be deadly. Everyone universally had this guy as a can't-miss number five. Like he was going to be the Indians' first left-handed starter since like Scott Lewis, and one can debate how strong, uh, strong Scott Lewis was. And, and yes, you can say Scott Casimir as well. Apparently, you can only be a lefty named Scott with the Indians, but uh, you know he was the one year. He was the rehabilitation act. Lewis was a guy who was there for a few years, uh, kind of more of an up and down type, but still former Ohio State Buck. Always bonus points there uh, for many a fan. I know not for all, but for many. But Logan Allen was a big piece, and, you know, he was a centerpiece, uh, you know, or at least the number two piece when they, when the Padres uh, got him for, was it, um, I'm blanking on the closer, who just got traded to the Cubs, I believe, you know, they had traded him with, to get him from the Red Sox, I'm just having a, you know, the brain fart moment, but, uh, you know, they, they sat there, and he had been a big part of that deal, and then he was a big part of this Indians deal, and he was finally looking like maybe this is getting figured out. Maybe they've worked his mechanics enough to get him to the place where he's going to be a solid starter, and I was getting excited for his potential trade value. I was like, send this dude out, let him get every rep. He can get Craig Kimbrell was the closer, yeah. Uh, yeah, if it was many, Margot would have been the main piece in that one, and he would have been the number two. So... Yeah, you know, you're hoping he builds up some trade value. Teams always need pitchers. He's like the seventh or eighth pitcher for the Indians. There's worse things to do than trade that guy to potentially add another bat. Uh, unfortunately, you know, this was not his, <laughs> his strongest outing. This was not a continuation of what we had seen. I had warned that I really liked Bailey Ober, and he looked good on the other side for the Twins. I know he only went four. Pineda came in and got three for them, who's been hurt. Uh, but for Logan Allen, it was five and a third innings, eight hits, five earned runs, two home runs, four strikeouts, and a walk. Uh, Justin Garza came in and won in two-thirds innings, three hits, two strikeouts. Henches, you know, maybe he's finding a spot for himself in this team in the bullpen, though they're mostly using him as like a long guy. I still I don't know what you do with him. I don't know if he is necessarily safe, but he went two innings, one hit, 
three strikeouts in this one. The Indians continued that home run streak with Franmil Reyes hitting his 27th. I mean, Franmil, what a tear he has been on. That meant that while they lost, they did set a franchise record for most home runs, uh, most games with a home run in them in a row. That's right. In the entire history of the Cleveland Indians franchise, the 2021 uh, team set a record for offensive success. Can't take that away from him. He reached base twice in this game. Well, Straw had three hits. Franmil had the home run and a walk. And that's it. <laughs> that was the only walk they had as well. Uh, they only had nine total base runners. The Twins had 12 hits plus a walk, so they had 13 base runners. Honestly, 5-2 to two doesn't feel that bad to me. Hey, the, the Indians were so scattered throughout. Uh, they did get one extra base hit in addition from Owen Miller. Twins had, what, two home runs and three doubles. Polanco had three doubles alone and a home run. Uh, he gets a star of the game. I'm kidding. I'm not giving it to the other team. <laughs> By every metric, he would get one if we did such things. So Fran Mill is the easy choice. The home run in this one, the only walk, reach base twice. Miles Straw, three hits. Also a rather easy selection. Yes, that is my cat in the background. And then I think you give it to Henches. Two innings, one hit, three strikeouts. Uh, no one else really stood out offensively or, or did much to make me want to change my point of view on this. So yeah, I'm going with uh, Straw, Reyes, and Sam Henches. Now let's switch gears and talk about a rather putrid performance on... Uh, I'm getting my days all thrown around Tuesday. <laughs> new baby. I'm going to blame it on the new baby. I think anyone who's had a new baby understands exactly what I mean when I say that. So I, I call this a putrid performance because they had seven hits and got zero runs out of it. Uh, scattered runs by the Twins. Uh, they also had five walks. Like it just... It, how do you have 12 base runners and zero runs? 12... Uh, that's just, ugh. So, Savali. He's finally back. He's pitching. He goes four and two-thirds. He does give up one run. Uh, struck out six, three hits. It was a strong performance by him coming back. Uh, Trevor Steffian comes in in an inning and a third. Two walks, two strikeouts. You still have to think he's going to be a central part of the bullpen next year. He has shown enough at points. And he has, what, five years of team control? You look at some of those other options, like Blake Parker gave up a run tonight. It's another game for him. Alex Young has continued to struggle in this transition to the bullpen. Uh, Shaw came out and had a you know a clean inning as well. But they had uh, five pitchers in this one. Three of them gave up a run. That makes it hard. What makes it harder, though, is eight... No, sorry. I almost said 18. No, not 18. 12 stranded base runners. 12. We reached base twice in this one. Well, you got Straw. You've got Jose Ramirez. And that's it. And this is because they did a lot of pinch hitting. Like you can go and say, right field did have two base runners. Catcher did have two base runners. Uh, just because of the way they had everything balanced out. Uh, yeah, like do we dive into the individual? Do we just take it from a headlong? I think we're just going to take a headlong approach. Uh, you know, Fran Mill had the three strikeouts. Harold Ramirez is continuing to see his performance kind of dip. He is very close to falling under a 700 OPS. Bradley Zimmer is below that 700 OPS. He had a walk, but he's seeing some dippage as well. And again, it still drives me batty when I see people who are very much, you know, like for Harold Ramirez over Bradley Zimmer. They, they both can have excellent exit velocities. They're both mediocre bats. 
Elise Zimmer is an elite defender with elite speed. I mean, they, they pinch ran for Harold Ramirez the other day. I know that's partially due to his injury. He does have good speed numbers, but that also shows some degree of they thought they would get more going elsewhere. I mean, Gantz had a uh, pitcher for the Twins who they got for J.A. Happ. I believe that was a straight-up trade. He's always had command issues. Uh, and the Indians just couldn't take advantage. That's what it came, comes down to. One extra base hit, uh, Mercado, that was when he pinch hit for um, for Zimmer. He came in and did that, but 0 for 3 with runners in scoring position, 11 left on base. You do have Jose Ramirez with a stolen base. So who are your players of the game? Savali. Coming back, uh, 4 and 2 thirds, 3 hits, 1 run, six, in, 6 strikeouts. Sure, you'd like to see him go more, but in his comeback from injury, you're going to take that. Jose Ramirez with the hit and the walk and the stolen, I'm sorry, and the two walks and the stolen base. That is a pretty easy choice there. And I almost feel like at times I'm like, well, when in doubt, Miles Straw had two hits, and you know the defense is always there. But when you go down the rest of the lineup, I can't really speak to, uh, you know, as much with other players. So, yeah, I'm just tempted to go with uh, Straw, Jose Ramirez, and Aaron Sabali in this one. You know, the the upside of their recent scuttles, scuffles, not scuttles, uh, entirely different thing, scuffles, is they've gone 5-5 five and five in their last 10, while a team like the Mets have gone 8-2 and two in their last 10. It's kind of funny how the Mets have really turned things around since their, uh, since their recent struggles, as it were, uh, since the infamous thumbs down. The Indians and the Mets now have the same winning percentage. Now, the Mets have played two more games, but they're both 500 teams. Uh, essentially, they're tied for the same spot if we're over at Tankathon. The Indians would be picking 15th if the season ended today, the Mets at 14, but the way those two teams are playing... Could see the opposite of that. Uh, they're, you know, the next St. Louis is barely over 500 right now. They're struggling. It's very much clumped in there. Uh, the Angels and then the Tigers are kind of the, the grouping. Now the Cubs are down to 10 because they've won seven in a row. Uh, there's a chance the Tigers will slip in the top 10. And that's, I mean, you look at this division again. Every single year, this seems to be the refrain. Like the Central just is not very good. Uh, because there's a lot of teams you can beat up on. Like you should be able to take care of business in the division because Minnesota it would be picking seventh, the Rockies eighth, and uh, you know in a normal season the Tigers would be picking eleventh, and they're very close to falling to picking tenth. So three of the ten worst records in baseball this year in the Central. Then you've got the Indians, and then you've got the White Sox. Like, it makes one wonder, like. I mean, the White Sox are good, but are they that good? Or is this, I mean, this is the same debate we heard with the Indians all those times. When the division is that bad, when the number two team is struggling to be 500, is the youngest team in baseball, and is struggled with, you know, dealt with injuries, uh, shouldn't the White Sox almost be better? Like, and that's when the Indians were at their peak, you know, four or five years ago. That's what we'd hear said about them all the time. And there's a degree of truthfulness, if you want to look at it just from the whole... Um, you know, the Indians only got to that one World Series in spite of that fantastic pitching during that peak run. It was a, again, I am not saying this, that they were disappointing. That is easily the third or fourth best run in this franchise's history, what we just got through. That, it's without a doubt in my mind. Before I move on, should we talk about the, you know, the minor moves as they were to get Savali up? So to clear his roster space, GM Paul Gonzalez 
was designated for assignment. I assume he will clear waivers. They just had that one open spot when they called him up and they need that emergency body. Uh, Ernie Clement was optioned to the minors and JC Mejia was optioned. Uh, well, Clement was activated from the 10-day DL and sent to the minors instead of sticking in the big leagues when he got healthy. And then Mejia was sent down for Savali. So to get Savali up, designated GM Paul Gonzalez, who we hardly knew you, Juan Carlos Mejia to AAA. And they also had to figure out the Clement situation today, so he ended up in AAA as well. So that's kind of where we were in terms of the roster and the moves. We're going to take a quick commercial break, come back and talk more Cleveland Indians. Green Room used to be known as Locker Room. You hear me talk about it all the time. I'm still there on Friday nights. It's been late. I won't lie to you. It's been closer to, like, uh, super late. It's It's been about my time, midnight, so your time. You're probably talking more, looking at more of something like uh, one in the morning. And that just gives new baby. I hope to be back on a regular schedule here in a bit. But yeah, it's just a fun way. It is the evolution of the chat room. It is a way to sit and talk with people from all over the country, discuss thoughts and ideas, and just dig into sports. Specifically, when I'm in their chat about the Indians, that is the sport I am digging in slash talking about. If that sounds good or interesting to you, go check out Locker Room today. Like I said, Saturday nights of late, late, you can find me in there talking about all things Cleveland Indians. That is a lot. Green Room, not Locker Room. Green Room is the app. It's still in beta on Android, uh, so we can't always see the chat that occurs. There's also a chat function if you don't want your voice heard, uh, but get your voice heard. And if you're a listener, uh, we'll figure out, a, you know, hit me up on the Twitters to let me know uh, that you're in there, and then I will grant you the ability to talk, to join in the fun conversation every Saturday night with me on Green Room. Let's talk about Stat Hero. So this, we talked about the last one being the evolution of the chat room. This is the evolution of fantasy. Uh, daily fantasy is definitely a case of the haves and the have-nots. You can dig deep into it and see that the majority of winners are a very select group. These are the people who are using advanced algorithms, computer data, and they're running hundreds of lineups. They are they have a leg up. They have an advantage over you. They have all of that knowledge and they have all those opportunities So how do we get past this? How do you get an opportunity to play Daily Fantasy and not feel like you're just throwing your money away? It's through Stat Hero. It's the first ever Daily Fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. They show you their lineup and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head matchup. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You are in total control. Stat Hero is the DFS the way it is meant to be. One-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change your odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free, and right now you get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. So let's take some time here and let's talk about some history. Uh, it's that point in the year where there are some interesting things that happened and occurred in the past of the Indians, and it's always good to go back and visit and discuss this. We earlier talked about Bob Feller and kind of the woulda, coulda, shoulda in terms of his service time in World War II. But how about this one for Bob Feller? Way back in 1939, just take a second and think. We're, I'm going to do the reverse math like I teach my students. So 39, 18 years, 82 years ago. Uh, if you don't know what that means, is I look at the 39 minus 21, got the 18, 18 from 100. Uh, different ways to do math. We're not going to get into this here. I don't want to get into that debate. But <laughs> the victory on this day in 1939 uh, makes him the youngest modern era player to be a 20-game winner. 
He uh, finished the season 24-9, posting a 285 ERA. It's, uh, you know, back in 39, there's a lot more opportunities for starts and a lot deeper in games. So it's still a 20-year-old, 20-game winner. It speaks to how good he was. How about something more recent? How about something in my lifetime, maybe you're saying? How about something from when your host here was in eighth grade? I remember this well. 1995, I'm sorry if I just made you feel old uh, with mine, but I mean, I feel old all the time. Uh, I talk to the young, I mean, I'm one of the oldest hosts in the baseball chat, so that's just the way it happens. With a 3-2 victory over the Orioles at Jacob Field, Jacobs Field, the Indians clinched the American League Central Division, and that was the first time they had made the postseason since 1954. Uh, at that time, quick math, what, 41 years? Uh, they ended up going 144 uh, and win the division by the largest margin in baseball history, finishing 30 games ahead of the Royals. That's just in of itself interesting. The largest difference. It also speaks to, we talk about the the Central being weak. It's just it's always weak, apparently. There is always just bottom feeders, which at the same time you look at, yet yeah, the Indians are probably the worst payroll team in that division. Like that's just the truth of the matter. You go through the Royals have been known to spend a little bit more, and they spent in free agency. Uh, the Twins have gone out and made big purchases in free agency. The White Sox, yeah. Uh, the Tigers, yeah. The Indians, not so much. Uh, if you're curious, 30 games back, the Royals, White Sox, 32. This was back when the Brewers were in the division, 35 games back, and the Twins at 44. That's right, the Tigers were still in the American League East in 95. So that's, you know, it's just interesting to look at and consider. I wish they had the win-loss here and the quick thing I found, but still, 30-game difference. And then let's bring it forward even more. It's kind of a sad one. Uh, 2008, the Red Sox break the Indians' uh, attendance record for consecutive regular season sellouts. Uh, They go out and make a big deal. That's one of those things, though. That sellout streak in Boston, you can dig into the weeds on how some things involving that streak... uh, weren't always kosher, let's put it, that maybe there was some uh, shenanigans in terms of keeping the streak alive, buying tickets, uh, and the like. Uh, it, I've read some interesting things over the years with that, and we'll, we'll just make that statement, kind of put it there, and leave it at that. But yeah, it's you know, it's it's certainly interesting to consider, and it, like I said, it's a sad piece of history, but it's still interesting to just to look at and talk about and consider uh, when you're talking about this Cleveland Indians team. Remember, this is the time where I'm going to reach out to the listeners. Do you want more history? Do you want less history? Uh, the offseason, I know, is going to be heavy history because that's just the way it works. That's the easiest thing to talk about, especially when it's the Indians. And not a lot always happens with the Indians, so we can kind of dive in and look into that stuff. Uh, I thought, you know, speaking of history, what could be fun and what hit me as I was recording this podcast is to look at some historical context. Let's use baseball reference. We're going to start a little bit here and before the break and see... Who some current Indians compare to? Let's look at the the stars of the Indians, as it were, and see who are their most similar batters through the, what age they are and most similar just at each age. And I guess we'll start with the most interesting in a lot of ways, and that's Fran Mill Reyes. Uh, and what makes him incredibly interesting, this is over at Baseball Reference, uh, you know, they, they kind of boil everything down. You can read into it. It's It's not a great evaluation tool. It's more of a fun, interesting tool to look at. Uh, but now that I've walked back, you know, what I've said, it's what's interesting about Fran Mill Reyes is how many former Indians he comps to. Now, in his similar batter scores, he doesn't have a lot. 
like you go through, and especially as you get down, it's interesting. Like his sixth and seventh guys and eighth guys, you're like, ooh, those are bad players. <laughs> like uh, Mark Quinn, Ryan Healy, Yasmani Thomas. Uh, then you've got you know, Chris Duncan, like that's another one. But then you got Luke Voigt, Austin Meadows, and uh, Otani and Pete Alonso. So uh, similar batter score is a little weird there, but similar batter through the same age. Albert Bell, one. Richie Sexton, three. David Justice, six. Three Indians right there. And then how about by age? At age 23, it was Rocky Calavito. Four was uh, Michael Conforto. Five, we talked about 25. Albert Bell. It's kind of interesting to go and look at that. And like I said, you got Justice, Sexton, and Bell, and Rocky Calavito. Four Indians coming up when you talk about his, you know, what's kind of an interesting, as it were, developmental curve for uh, Fran Reyes. If he doesn't miss that month and a half, you know, you just dig into the numbers. I mean, again, he is 25 years of age. Uh, he has 27 home runs. He has had his ups and downs throughout the year, but he's just been an effective offensive performer. 92 games, 27 home runs. He's been worth 1.8 war as a DH. And he does get arbitration, uh, I believe, at the end of this season. He is when arbitration eligible. So you have him for 22, 23, and 24. He has three years of team control left. They really need to approach him. He needs to be Bieber and Reyes are the top two players that I'm really hoping they will approach this offseason for contract extensions. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about very same Shane Bieber in terms of his comp scores and a few other players as well. Built Bar. I've got a box of Rocky Road right next to me right now. There is always something fun, always something good going over at BuiltBar.com. I am miss, sad that I missed out on the puffs, but I, I just didn't order to recently. But that's a, you almost have to pace yourself. That is how good they are. There's so many good things that you had to decide what you're going to go for. Uh, right now, if I were to place an order at BuiltBar.com, I'd be trying the protein balls. The coconut almond and the peanut butter brownie. You might also be getting an order of the coconut almond bar because they do coconut so well. I love coconut. If you are a coconut person, they do it well. You want to go check that out for yourself over at BuiltBar.com. And if you place an order, you have to use the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Who doesn't want to save money while getting a product that is good for you and delicious? It's a product I use. It is a product I enjoy. It is a product that has never gone to waste in my household. There are things I buy that sometimes I get sick of and I move on. I've never gotten sick of Built Bar because they are always shaking up with new, interesting, and always delicious flavors. Remember to go check out Built Bar for yourself using that promo code LOCK15. Let's talk about Direct TV Stream. They are one of our newest sponsors, and it's always exciting when we have this new sponsor. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device to let you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. That's how typically I'm playing my game on my phone, watching the sports highlights on the PlayStation while I have all my data up on my tablet. And you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. It means no more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. So as I promised, we are going to dive into more of these baseball reference uh, comp and similarity scores. It's fun. It's it's just for fun. But I was looking at the Indians roster for this. Remember when Oliver Perez pitched for the Indians this year? I, I had forgotten kind of about him because it was just five appearances, three and two-thirds innings. 
he was solid the year before and good the year before that. I, I understand he was older, but it was kind of mesmerizing to me to go look up, you know, the Indians on baseball reference and be like, why is no one giving Oliver Perez a chance? Like, why is Oliver Perez pitching in Mexico unless it's by choice? Again, you know, this is a player who was 39 years of age. Maybe he didn't want to pitch in the big leagues. But the numbers in the big leagues were good. I mean, it was the smallest of sample size. And he's thrown 20 through 24 innings for Tijuana in the independent league. Uh, strikeout per nine of 13.1. Walk per nine of 1.9. Now, the home run per nine was 1.1. I don't know the park uh, down there. So park factor can always come into play. But he's clearly still wants to pitch. And he's a lefty. And he's had a recent success. Kind of surprised Oliver Perez didn't rebound somewhere. So let's talk good old Chain Bieber. Hopefully we'll see him back before the year is done. Uh, it's been a big loss for the Indians this year. After winning the Triple Crown of Pitching, uh, he just kind of disappeared due to injury this year, right? I mean, it's, I don't know if disappeared is a fair word. Let's be honest. Injuries happen. And unfortunately, they wiped out Bieber after just 14 starts. 90.2 innings now. What might be interesting to the fans out there, he threw more innings this year than he did last year. So even though... Uh, he got hurt. He has still thrown more innings this year than last year. Now, due to the injury, his similarity scores have, you know, uh, Jose Fernandez, Noah uh, Sindengard, Mark Pryor, uh, Mike Clevenger, Luis Severino. Similar pitcher through age 26, Rich Harden. Josh Johnson was 25. Jared Parker, 25. Bob Walk, which is an unfortunate name for a pitcher, let's be honest, was his age 23. And again, shortened season in 20. 20, 2021, he's missed a good chunk of the year. Uh, I had to go look up Bob Walk, pitched from 80 to 93, so in my lifetime, was an all-star in 88. I uh, just was not familiar with him at all. Fun additional data. Now, like Harden's one of those guys, he was supposed to be the it guy, he got hurt. Um, you know, Dave Cohn is his number three. Uh, injury issues, Alex Cobb is to pitching the big leagues, injury issues, you'll see that common theme. Not, uh, not any former Indians in his comp scores. And you're like, wait, why does he have so many injury issue guys? It's what I already talked about. It's the the COVID season of 2020 and then the injury this year. According to their data, he looks injury prone. Uh, it doesn't paint him the nicest picture. So let's go look at Aaron Zavali. He was probably going to run into a similar situation, if we are being honest, and their similarity scores. Most similar through age 26. Number one is Zach Plesak. Yes, his teammate Zach Plesak is his most common. Uh, Josh Coltmeyer, Sam Gibson... Stan Kovaleski at five, former Indian. That's that's certainly a nice uh, potential outcome. Uh, through, and he's a guy. Maybe he's just an old school approach, but he's got some uh, some old school names in there throughout. Dave Buchanan was his age twenty five. His age twenty six, as we mentioned, is Plesak Buchanan pitched in twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen with the Phillies. I had forgotten about him. That's not a great comp for his uh, his age twenty five year, and just must not have pitched enough. Because, I mean, the, the truth on Savali is a guy who struggled with some health in the minors. And then you you go and you look, yeah, he was perfectly healthy last year. Um, he was good in 2019. Uh, this year, he's he, he's now been in the bigs for three parts of three seasons. And 57, 74, and 97.2 innings. So, yeah, his comps are a lot of injured guys. And then you go back to the minor leagues. And if I pull those up, he had one season in the minors with over 22 starts and two seasons you know in the minors over 20 so he's never been a big his highest innings pitched in a year was 164 the next highest was 106 
because there were some injuries. So that's, you know, it's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it, put it together, but it's something the Bears watching with Sabale, uh, that he has had those injury issues. He's never, he's had one, like, season where they didn't appear in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Tristan McKenzie hasn't pitched enough to have anything. I would assume Zach Plesak's number one comp would be Aaron Sabali. It is. Uh, and then it's all the same names. He also has Stan Kovaleski in his as well. Chuck Rainey, Jesse Hahn, and then Savali for age 24, 25, and 26 in there. These aren't the most successful or best comps you want to see. Let's, let's be perfectly honest. Uh, Stefan won't have enough. Eli Morgan is unlikely to have enough. I'm curious Karen Chalk has enough uh, because he has you know the extra season. No. So let's... Should we do Brian Shaw? Let's go to the other end. Let's not look at who's been a part of the now. Let's talk about who is the past. Uh, David Hernandez... K-Rod, Felix Rodriguez, Bob Howery, Guillermo Moto, Scott Lindbrick, there's a name I haven't thought about in a while, Dan Leader, Justin Spear, Jason Frazier, Jeff Nelson, Chad Qualls through his age. Overall in score, uh, K-Rod is three. You also have, seeing if there's any Indians in there. No. Uh, interesting assortment for him. Uh, we don't have to dive too deep there. That's uh, class I won't have, but so let's see. Quantrell, I think, should have enough. Uh, Seth Gressinger. Cody Anderson for age 25, and Matt Belisle for age 26. Similar scores, Howie Coplitz, Larry Pasternick, Todd Redmond uh, through age 26. It's Matt Belisle, Tom Dixon, and then Tom Bruno. Apparently a lot of Toms. It's kind of the problem with something like this where you don't have all that data, so they have a limited amount of information, so the comps are lower. Uh, I also wonder if, again, it's like through age 26, if this is stuff that's more based at the beginning of the year and not the end overall performance and you know i did all the pitchers we didn't really get into the hitters but let's let's do jose let's end on a positive note for this right let's go look at baseball reference similarity scores by age uh so he his age 22 through 25 were okay but then at age 26 it's gary sheffield then hank blaylock is a bit of a step back joe gordon at age 28 former indian joe gordon is his most similar comp right now through his age then Rendon, Chris Bryant, Hank Thompson, Jimmy Ray Hart. Grady Sizemore is his 10th most in terms of former Indians. Uh, let's see, Chris Sabo, keeping it in state, is his third most. Uh, Nick Castellanos, Richard Hidalgo at 10, not not my favorite. Uh, then the other name who kept coming up was Richie Hebner. I'm sure there's people out there who remember him. 68 to 85, that is heck of a career. Uh, it is a long time in the big leagues. Uh, almost entirely of Pittsburgh. Uh, well, no, then he bounced around towards the end, but still, Hepner's name comes up a lot. But yeah, the uh, the recent ones. It's interesting that like you, you forget sometimes how Hank Blaylock played and burned out. He's one of those guys that uh, it was a high peak. But uh, most similar batters right now through age: Corey Koski, Chris Bryant, Chris Sable. Is that a, a disappointing group for you? I feel like they're underrating uh, Jose Ramirez here. Franville Reyes is still the most interesting grouping of guys. What do you think? Do you want to hear more about these baseball reference uh, similarity scores? Was this fun trying to do something different throughout the season and the offseason coming up with ideas? Let me know because it's feedback from the fans that help me figure out what I should do, what I should run with, and what people are liking. We'll try to do a mailbag soon because those are just, I mean, if you're a podcaster, those are godsend. So always feel free to send me questions and I'll start accumulating for a mailbag. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been Lockdown News Podcast. Remember to rate and review, download daily. It's a big podcast. 
if that's helping out like the big timers think what that does for us small guys uh that's what you know every podcast i listen to asks you to do that if it helps those big ones who already have thousands of uh ratings think what it does for the person who's got 50 uh so go check that out thank you again for listening it is the fans who keep this going uh you are all fantastic i have the nicest bunch of fans and all of locked on based on everything i've seen that's not even up for debate that is just your title I've been Jeff Ellis. Follow me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. For the next year, go Tribe. After that, go, go, Guardians, go.